I'm Duncan McLeod, and this is the Tech Central Podcast. I'm joined now by Calvin Collett. Calvin is MD of Supersonic, an internet service provider in the MTN stable that sells fiber, LTE, and now something called Air Fiber. And we're going to talk a bit more about that in just a moment. But Calvin, first of all, I haven't seen you for a while. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, how are you doing? How's Supersonic doing? And uh, is everyone surviving the lockdown your side? Duncan, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's an interesting time. I mean, um, recently had a, an uh, online conference with my staff and, you know, I hadn't seen them in 16 months. <laughs> I mean, that in itself is absolutely ridiculous. You know, not to see staff in 16 days is, is, is tough, but 16 months is, is, a, is a different uh, scenario. So um, we've had to adapt. Uh, but yeah, Supersonic's doing incredibly well. We, we can't complain. And um, obviously, the additional need for data in the space has helped us. So yeah, in a good space. Yeah, have you seen a, have you seen a boom in in demand uh, since uh, the lockdown started? Again? Can uh, I'm, not, I'm not asking for specific subscriber numbers, but can you uh, give us some numbers percentage wise in terms of the growth you've seen over the last twelve months or so? So I mean, let's talk data uses just to start there. So mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we've seen it's it's, it's just over a hundred percent increase in data utilization. So average utilization on the fiber client was about 120, 120 gigs a month. We're seeing about 250 gigs at the moment, wow. um, which is interesting. And so in other words, customers are really using the product. And also time timelines are interesting. You know, so we used to see a, a peak from 4 to, to 10. Um, mm -hmm. Our peak at the moment is 8 p.m. Um, I guess it's not surprising, but I mean, it, it's still interesting that, that that's the peak at the moment. And then, yeah, I mean, so, so last year we grew um, 143%. So it gives an indication of, of the the need for home connectivity. Yeah, yeah, that's no, incredible growth. So dub doubling in traffic in a year. Do you think that's going to moderate uh, as we touch wood come out of the pandemic? Uh, or do you think that people are now so used to uh, streaming movies and watching Netflix, et cetera, et cetera, and become so accustomed uh, to uh, bro to broadband internet that um, that they're going to, their usage patterns are going to continue post-pandemic? I think usage patterns will change, but I think usage will stay pretty similar. Um, you know, I, I think there'll be a th this whole hybrid sort of work from home uh, scenario that everyone's talking about is real. And I believe that that's, that's going to happen is, you know, sort of, 50-50 between work and, and, and home office. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that, you know, people still require internet and they've got used to certain things. I mean, you, you take some of the online shopping stores um, or online shopping sites. I mean, they've seen tremendous growth. Mm. I don't see that, that subsiding. I mean, I think people have got used to it and I think that's the new norm. Now, how long has Supersonic been around? I, I seem to recall you launching about three years ago or so now. Is that sort of timeline correct? Yeah, it's just under, just, just under three years. So we launched yeah. on the 3rd of September, 2018. Okay, so, so we're about two and a half years old. Two and a half years old this yeah. year. And you've, you've, been running the, year. you've been running the business since, since, since it started, correct? Correct, correct. What is, so, what is, so what is your background, uh, Calvin? So, so Duncan, my, my background is, um, uh, in short, I, I studied a, um, software development is my primary background. And then went into consulting with Accenture, and I did that for five years. And then decided to start my own business um, and started an ISP uh, mm -hmm. 
a while back. And, and interestingly enough, uh, in, in the wireless and ISP industry, so mm -hmm. very similar to what we're doing today and ran that for 10 years. Um, and they decided that that was, you know, sort of grown it to a point and, and, and had enough and then was headhunted by MTN ultimately to, to take over the business that was initially smart village, um, oh, uh, yes. in those days, which was, and listen, smart village was an interesting business. I mean, they were the pioneers of, of fiber to the home. Mm -hmm. Um, if you want to call it that, uh, in their day, um, so MTN uh, bought the business and, you know, I, I was tasked to sort of grow the business to, to a real home, um, business that could, that, that could be taken on. So yeah, that's sort of been the task and that that's been the focus. Okay. So, so what was MTN's rationale behind launching a home focused consumer ISP? What was, what was, uh, what gap was MTN trying to fill in the market? Dan, I think it's interesting. I mean, I think, especially now, I mean, it, it's it's specifically come to the fore. But I mean, I think forward thinking, um, it made sense. You know, you're looking, you, you're always going to need a mobile and a, a um, home focused uh, connection. So while you're out of the home, you, you're you going to use your mobile. And when you get home, you're going to use your, your home connection, which is typically fiber or fixed salty or whatever else it might be. Um, I think the, the interesting thing about that is that you needed to build the business. So, I mean, I think Vimital were the pioneers, um, in terms of, of true fiber to home and, and from a open access perspective, mm. and then, you know, creating real value, you know, ultimately, you know, as, as MTN, we see a lot of, a lot of people, as we call it drop off. Um, so five o'clock, six o'clock, six o'clock at night. Um, the customers are actually moving off their mobile connectivity and onto the home connectivity and onto Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's interesting times. Um, and, and that's not going to change. I mean, irrespective of COVID or, or whatever else, mm -hmm. I think that's, that's the new norm. I yeah. think that's the new norm. So, you know, we've got to focus on that as the, as the primary business. And, you know, th this whole concept of fixed mobile convergence is a real thing. I mean, it's, it's taking longer than expected, but it's, it's real. And, and, and I think MTN are taking advantage of that. Now, you, you mentioned that you ran an ISP, you started and ran an ISP for, for 10 years. Um, you're now the MD of, a, uh, of an ISP that's part of a major telecommunications operator. In your view, does it help having a major telco as your shareholder, um, given the 10 years of experience you've had in the ISP industry, and it is a very competitive market? Does having MTN as your shareholder help you a lot? Yeah, Duncan, there's no doubt. I mean, I think uh, being the number one brand in Africa um, and, 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 and top sort of five in South Africa helps. Um, and, you know, having the, the, the ability and, and the, the backing to be able to build an ISP like this is certainly um, is incredible. I mean, you cannot grow 141% without that kind of backing. So it certainly makes a massive difference. What was the rationale behind calling the business supersonic rather than say, um, I don't know, MTN ISP or <laughs> something boring? Um, I suppose it was my own question, uh, Kelvin, but what was the thinking behind uh, branding it supersonic rather than MTN? So MTN had a brand uh, called MTN supersonic um, oh, in the past, which was their, their, their home, um, 
it sort of enters into the home space. Um, so we, we kind of just leveraged that as, a, as an initial uh, pass and then just branded supersonic and sort of created a, an entire brand around the empty and supersonic initial sort of thinking. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like you're hiding that MTN is your shareholder. I mean, your your colors are bright yellow, and I think yeah. your payoff line is brightened by MTN. So it's not like you're saying you're not pretending you're not part of MTN. You very clearly are part of MTN. But... Yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, Air Fiber. I want to. I want to. I'm quite excited to talk about Air Fiber because I've um, I've I've seen some of the noise you guys have been making about Air Fiber in the market, and not entirely understanding myself what uh, what exactly it is. So, uh, a bit of learning for me as well now, Kelvin. Um, Air Fiber, you're. You're coming to market, you've asked your customers uh, to um, express their interest, and that's determined where you're rolling out this product. But before we talk about where you're going with it, what is it exactly? What technology are you using? Um, and, and why did you decide to launch Air Fiber in addition to your LTE offerings? So Duncan, I think the interesting part is that, you know, when we started, we realized that the, the you know, LTE has a, a marketplace <clears throat> and a specific um, customer set that it services. It's not um, guaranteed service. And, and that, that I think is what a lot of customers require. Mm. So they want to know they've got 10 megs, 24 seven, 365. So they don't, they don't want buffering at eight o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night, et cetera, et cetera. That being said, you know, fiber is the product that services that typically, but getting fiber to the entire country is is a difficult task so you know we decided let's look out for what product could we potentially launch that would give fiber like services without actually deploying fiber um, and the only reason we didn't deploy fiber is because of the time to roll out versus a wireless deployment mm -hmm. so the three key things was price which was you know can we get a 399 price point? Mm -hmm. Can we deliver services that would give fiber like um, services, etc.? And then can we give a guaranteed speed? And those are the three, three, three things we, we set out to ourselves. So we went out and then we found a company in, in, in Silicon Valley that could ultimately deliver that. And we spent 2020 um, doing a proof of concept um, on the air fiber product. And yeah, I mean, it delivered every single thing that we required. And yeah, we launched on the 1st of May this year okay. um, as a competitor to Fiber. So we're certainly not saying that it replaces Fiber. Fiber's got a place. But as a, a quick way to launch a Fiber type service into the market and you know, give customers a Fiber-like experience and quickly, this is a, it's a great opportunity and a great service for that. So do you require point-to-point -point for this to work, or is it like a cellular connection where you just have, have to be in a coverage area? Uh, do I need to have uh, something installed on the side of my, my, my house that points directly at, your, at the tower? How does it work exactly? What do I need to know as a consumer? So it's point-to-multipoint um, is, is in, in essence. So we, we leverage the existing MTN tower coverage, which I think is, is a big benefit. So you know, we've got this entire coverage that, that connects fiber back to the, 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 the core transmission network. Mm -hmm. So we literally use the, the tower to the home to connect the customer. So you require a, a dish that's about the size of an A4 uh, booklet and mm -hmm. um, installs onto your home and then connects back to the, the base station. And that's how we connect 
every every single customer. And when you say point to point, does that mean you need a direct line of sight or or not? So, so, so this is interesting about the technology. Um, so within three kilometers, it's complete non-line of sight. So you don't okay. need to be able to see the, cast, uh, the, 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 the tower. Mm -hmm. um, within five kilometers, it's near line of sight. And then up to 15 kilometers, it, it's line of sight. Right. Um, this technology is, it, it uses beam forming technology, which allows it ultimately six, send out six beams and then collates them at the opposite end. So, you know, you might get a beam that gets 30% of the data, one that gets 50%, one 20%, 80%, et cetera, et cetera. And ultimately it collates all that data at the end, at the end point and then completes an, ent an entire packet that then is ultimately the, the connection. Um, so yeah, it, it's very clever technology. Okay, and it's developed by a Silicon, what's the, what's the name of the uh, Silicon Valley company that's developed the tech? It's Tirana. Toronto. Okay. And, um, Toronto. I beg your pardon. Toronto. Toronto. I beg your pardon. So, so Calvin, the, the, um, technology, the, uh, the spectrum that you're using to offer the service, is it, um, are you using unlicensed spectrum? Are you using MTN's licensed spectrum? Which is it? So using unlicensed spectrum. Um, and I think the, the benefit that, that, that we're ultimately doing is that we're not saying, listen, you know, we need to bridge the digital, digital divide, um, but we require spectrum. Um, we're saying, listen, we, we're willing to, to bridge the digital divide mm. without the spectrum, and we're trying a technology that will ultimately do that. And, you know, once 5G, et cetera, et cetera, launch, it's not either or, it's both. You know, I think that's an important um, differentiation, you know, in the metros, we'll still use 5G. I, I mean, I don't see this sort of taking over 5G as a technology, but in your more rural areas, um, this will probably be the, the technology that we'll use as a primary um, versus a secondary technology. It's, it's interesting because I was having a look at your uh, your coverage map for air fiber, and it seems at least initially that um, the demand that you've seen from your clients is actually coming from areas that are actually quite well serviced already. Um, I, I saw uh, there is coverage in, uh, near to where I am here, um, but it's very much in an area that already has wall-to-wall -wall fiber to the home and fiber to the business coverage. Um, wh wh what's the reason for that? Why, why are customers looking for this product in areas where they're already well serviced by fiber? It's an in, in, interesting question because what we've seen is, is we've identified four key areas. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's ultimately fiber scarce, Okay, so fiber scarce is where exactly what you're saying. I mean, so you say wall to wall. It's actually interesting. There's not wall to wall. It's the areas covered, but yeah. the the complexes that are not covered. There are uh, streets that are not covered, and so on and so forth. So mm -hmm. that's the the one area. Mm -hmm. Then it's um, your 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 sort of secondary towns, tertiary towns, and then rural. You know, those are your, the, the sort of areas. So, but the interesting part is, you know, you take um, Soweto, Linasia, um have been huge, huge uptake areas for us. I mean, they, oh. they've, and they, they're limited. There's five opportunities in those areas, but pretty limited. Um, mm -hmm. And then obviously the coverage then sort of, you know, spares out from that, but it's, it's not the, the primary reason that we're covering those areas. Sure, and understood. But having a look at where the demand has come from to date, uh, and and you've obviously started to roll out in the areas that you've identified on your on your map. But um, 
given what you're seeing in terms of feedback from your clients, where do you expect in sort of broad terms that you're going to be taking this product over the next year? Duncan, I think I think in reality is that the the primary towns, um, mm-hmm. primary cities, should I say, and then all secondary towns. So we've seen major uptake in you know your Bloemfonteins, your Kimberleys, your East Londons, Port Elizabeths, um, you know, right up to um, Pulakwane, uh, Rustenburg, Nullsprate, etc. So there, there, there's there's massive uptake across the the entire mix, um, and, and it's not surprising. I mean, I think. It, it's certainly not a. It's, it's not surprising to us that we've seen this uptake. Um, I think for us, it, it's a bit like being a kid in a candy store. You know, where do we focus this coverage on, and how do we make sure we optimize it? And we're going to where the customers require it. Um, you know, we've had customers from Coffee Fontaine, which is the strangest thing, to be honest. Who've they, they've literally got a, a couple of, of 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 customers together or. or, or um, staff together as they call it um and they've given us over 300 sort of users in the area who've signed up so yeah it, it's interesting times i mean i think the reality is that internet is no longer a, a nice to have it's a it's a must have um and it's a commodity it's like electricity and water you know the, the days of you know sort of saying you know we want you know we'd like electricity or we'd like water i mean i think internet is not a commodity so yeah yeah, yeah. Well, electricity isn't always a given in this town anymore, Calvin, unfortunately. <laughs> internet is, but internet, electricity, not so much. Uh, now, now, Calvin, let's let's look at the, the plans that you're offering here. So it starts at 5 megabits a second and goes all the way up to 100 megs. And in between that, you've got 10, 20, and 50 megs a second. Are those symmetrical speeds or are those download speeds only? Those are downloads only. Um, they're asymmetrical. Asymmetrical. So, so, uh, the uh, whole- percent of that as an upload speed sorry how much of that 20 percent. about 20 percent as an upload okay so is the technology just not capable of doing a symmetrical connection uh, listen we focus the technology on download um okay. specifically so you know the radios get about 700 megasecond um connectivity speed so you know they're capable of a lot more than 100 which is the maximum connectivity speed right but we've decided you know, rather to, to provide an asymmetrical service, primarily just to, I mean, look, internet is an asymmetric service yeah. in, in general. I mean, yeah. you download a lot of the upload. So it doesn't make sense to, to, to provide a symmetrical service and over call it strain the radios mm. unnecessarily. So it, it made sort of, it's called a technical sense to create yeah. an asymmetrical service. And understood. Okay. And, um, are you able to guarantee these speeds or is this a best effort service like mobile is? No, it's a, it's a guaranteed service. Oh, so I think that's the, the important part here is yeah. that, you know, we, we, we guarantee that we can give that service. And the, how we're able to do that is we know, you know, being a, a physical install, we know how many customers are connecting to that tower. So mm. the second that tower is full and, and, and ultimately hits limit, we then move that customer to another tower rather than over congesting or congesting that specific tower which is typically where mobile you know has its limitations yeah yeah okay so if there's no other tower in the area and you meet meet the maximum allowable number of customers on that tower do you have to stop sign up or build another tower exactly or or build another tower exactly and ultimately that's the benefit is that we don't need to build another tower we need to populate the tower yeah. so i think that's the difference is that 
we literally need to go and, and put some equipment up on an, an mm. additional tower. Okay. And can you put this on any of MTN's high sites? I know that MTN spent a lot of time rolling out these street pole uh, uh, towers. Uh, I've got them all, all up my street here, in fact. Um, uh, they, uh, uh, I don't know how to describe them. They're like little cylindrical shaped uh, things on top of what look like street poles. Um, can you put your equipment on those as well? No, no, we, no. we certainly can't. So it's on the primary towers. The big, um, the big, big ones. Okay. okay. But there is... But, there but the reality, so, sorry, Calvin, carry on. No, so ultimately what we require is, is a primary tower with fiber backhaul. You right. know, so we still need to provide a fiber type service. So it's important that we have a fiber backhaul mm -hmm. is, is the simple reality. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the last couple of hundred meters that you're doing uh, using Spectrum. And exactly. everything else is actually a fiber connection. Okay. Okay. 100%. 100%. Okay, so interesting pricing that you've come up here with here. So th these are all uncapped plans, I take it. 100%. They're okay. completely uncapped. And that was an important start for us. So we wanted it to be uncapped and unlimited mm -hmm. um, and give us a, a segment of the market the, the ability to sort of use the internet for what it was built for mm -hmm. rather than worrying about, you know, geez, I've hit my cap. Should I use more? Shouldn't I? You should just be able to use the internet, yeah. not worry about it. Right. Okay. And how did you decide on these prices? I mean, they're, they're pretty aggressive pricing. It's pretty aggressive pricing if you compare it to mobile data and to FTTH. Um, 100 megabit per second, which is the fastest plan, comes in at under 1,000 rand a month. Um, I think your typical fiber at 100 megs on, on the other networks, I'm just guessing here, you can probably tell me better than I can, Calvin, um, I'm guessing is in the sort of 1,000 to 1,200 rand range. Um, for for a fiber connection, yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. So this is actually undercutting the price of fiber. Why did you decide to do that? It, it's back to the point. I mean, you know, MTN's got the the, the sort of payoff line that you know everyone deserves the the benefits of a modern connected life. Yeah. Okay. And you know, we started at, at, at right at the baseline and said, what sort of price can we guarantee these customers? And three ninety nine was that price. Um, and that was always our benchmark. So if we can provide a 399 price point, um, we're doing one, we've got the right product at the right price point. So that was the baseline. And, and we said, we basically modeled the pricing from that stage upwards. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think Duncan, ultimately it's, it's important that we, you know, we, we reduce the, the barrier to entry for customers on 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 internet connectivity, mm. especially uncapped internet. Mm. Are there any restrictions on these lines? I mean, are you are you shaping any peer to peer traffic or anything like that? There's absolutely no shaping, or or you know, there's no there's no there's no shaping. There's no um, there's there's nothing on those specific lines. No. Wow. Okay. All right. So something um, you'll deal with later you know, if you need to. Yeah, I mean, there, there's always T's and C's that apply, but I mean, right now there's absolutely nothing, and I, I don't see the need ultimately going forward. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Okay. So, Kelvin, yeah. um, is this is this competing with uh, with with fiber to the home uh, infrastructure providers? Um, are you a direct competitor with Air Fiber to those fiber providers? And, and it's not competing against them. <clears throat> ultimately, I think we work with them, but ultimately, it it changes the the monopolistic sort of and I say this carefully, a uh, way that the fiber operators operate. You know, at the moment, there's very little view to over overbuild. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if there's Vimital area, no one builds there. If there's open server in an area, no one overbuilds, et cetera, et cetera. And I think we've got to be careful of that because you create, uh, 
you know, without thinking about it, we create a monopoly in those areas. So the the great thing is to be able to sort of break that monopoly down. Um, and with, and listen, it's not just us. It's going to be 5G, Vodacom, we're going to do it, uh, Telcom, we're going to do it, et cetera, et cetera. So it's important that multiple operators give customers the opportunity for multiple products in various areas. And I think that's an important sort of view that we have mm -hmm. to take. Mm -hmm. So, Calvin, this is uh, delivered over unlicensed spectrum. I presume using the same spectrum bands that uh, we use to access Wi-Fi. Uh, have you um, come across any uh, inter issues with interference during your testing, and how are you going to manage interference problems when they occur? Duncan, I think one of the <clears throat> the primary things that we used to to um, test this part was interference cancellation. So, um, this product specifically was built to um, work around interference cancellation. So the two primary benefits are interference cancellation and um, beamforming technology. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So as I was saying earlier, you know, beamforming beam is, they, they send us six beams to every single tower and that ultimately creates uh, the, the best effort packet technology. And then the interference cancellation is a, a, a proprietary technology that this company specifically developed to work around the interference in the 5.8 um, or sub six, as they call it, uh, spectrum that we utilize. So it's specific uh, proprietary technology that they utilize. Always interesting to see a new uh, technology coming into the uh, local telecommunications market. Um, I know we're gonna have some uh, people listening to this, business users listening to this saying, this sounds really interesting. I'm running a small business. Um, tired of uh, either tired of paying fiber prices, or I, I can't get fiber to where my office is. Um, will you will you service those business customers as well, or is Supersonic very much a home uh, retail consumer play only? So Duncan, certainly. So we, we're happy to to service the, the SME market, and we're not going any further than that. So. Okay. Um, you know, it's 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 a it's an SME play. So we it's specifically you sort of your five to hundred megasecond customer um, who utilizes you know for the home or, or small office Soho or or SME um, enterprise. So certainly there, there's a massive opportunity. And specifically, if you look at your regional, um, you know your Polakwani's, your Nalsprays, your Rustenbergs, mm -hmm. there are lots of small businesses out there, and those we want to service and we want to assist them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, connectivity is key at the moment. You know, there's so many. Um, applications that requires, you know, from from uh, accounting technologies to, to, to you know, to ERPs, et cetera, et cetera, that are, are cloud-based. And we want to assist the customers in being able to utilize those technologies. Do you think um, this technology is an interim step to 5G and that once 5G is deployed on a widespread basis, we're not going to need air fiber anymore? That kind of thing is it, it's 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 neither it's, it's not one or the other it's both um so i think in, in your metro areas uh we'll see air fiber being less and less utilized so we'll move that technology and that equipment um more into your rural areas um so that they can still you know um, benefit from the technology or, or the 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 mediums that we, we're transmitting but it, it, as I say, it's 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 neither one or the other. It's both, and I think it's an important distinction. Is that it's there's no one size fits all mm. um, in terms of technology, and it's important that we you know across the entire country and and in, and in, in terms of the continents as well. You know, MTN's a 
you know, an, an African or Pan-African and, and you know, Middle East player. And there, there's a place for this technology across the entire continent. Um, and that's hence why, you know, we've sort of focused on getting this out there. Okay, so is the plan uh, to work with MTN to take this into some of its other markets around the continent in time? Absolutely. You know, we, we're talking to five different markets at the moment. Um, oh, wow. In terms of, uh, and, and, and how do we deploy this? How does it make sense? So we've got um, African exclusivity on this product mm -hmm. um, at the moment. So, yeah, it's an important sort of milestone for us. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And and uh, just lastly, if you sign up for one of these packages, I presume you're... Uh, you're signing up for some sort of contract term. Is there a 24 month or 36 month contract you have to sign up for when you sign up for these packages? Duncan, we've actually taken a, a, an interesting view. We, it's, a, it's a month to month um, at the moment. Oh, nice, nice. Um, uh, with with free and sold. And, and and it's back to the point, you know, we really want to, to give people access to the technology. Um, and ultimately, you know, if, we, if we're honest, Everyone requires connectivity at the moment, and we want to make sure that that's you know mm. sort of easily accessible. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, uh, congratulations on bringing a new technology into the South African market. It's always exciting uh, for us to talk about something other than LTE and fiber, Kelvin. Uh, so, uh, congratulations! Yeah. I look forward to uh, look forward to seeing how the technology does and playing it with it, playing with it myself. But uh, Kelvin Collett, uh, thanks so much for uh, coming on to the Tech Central podcast. Kelvin Collett is MD of Supersonic. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you, Duncan. Thanks for having me.